This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. In for Jason Klein today, I'm Kevin Farrell, here with Pam Pivas, ASHE Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Salmon from Houseworks. Labor Day's in the past, marking the end of summer, but we're a long way from using the furnace or fireplace, so right now is a great time to get a chimney inspection and cleaning. So today, we welcome back Mr. Sed Bledsoe from Fireplace Chimney Sweep Solutions to tell us the advantages of cleaning your chimney this time of year. And as always, we're looking to help you with whatever project you're working on. You can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Here's a reminder, Fixit 101 re-airs every Saturday at 9 a.m. That's right before a repeat of the Gestalt Gardener at 10. So good morning. Hope everyone is doing well this morning. I'm awesome. I, um, Jeff, I got a haunted toilet. Uh oh. <laughs> you know, we're moving into that season, you know, the fall, everybody's got their pumpkins out and we're all thinking about it. And I'm getting my costume ready, actually. Oh, we'll talk nice. about that okay, later. Okay, good. But good. uh so I'm I'm walking around my house the other day and I hear a whoosh. Yep. Yep. And I was like, What? What? Huh? <laughs> and I walk into my guest bathroom and um I think it's the I, I tried adjusting that flush valve. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, with the screw on the top. So I tried that. I was so happy with myself. It changed the water level down, you know, in the bowl. And then the next day I heard it again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's leaking. It's bypassing the flapper because when that bowl, not the tank, but when the bowl fills up with enough water pressure, it will automatically flush. So, so in other words, if you took a water hose and you just put it inside your commode, the commode would automatically flush after it got enough water pressure to go through that that S bends. Right. So that I think I think you're probably having a little bit of seepage bypassing out of the tank into the bowl. So that would be at the gasket at the base of the tank. Yeah, that's you what it sounds like. So, yes, because I've had one of those wear out before. Right, and and it is actually flushing. Right. Okay. And the cat's not doing it. No, my cat wouldn't. I, 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 and I was afraid my house was haunted. I was Did like, you hey. talk to the cat? I talked. Yeah, I was like, Buddha, are you flushing that toilet? And no. Buddha said no. Buddha said no, and Teddy okay. hadn't been in there either. Okay. So, um, okay. But I did leave him home alone this weekend. I went down to the pond for, for Labor Day and... Had a bunch of folks down there, and we cooked out and swam, and we just didn't let the rain you, get in you, our way. <laughs> you know, you can probably change the name of that to a lake. You think it's a lake? <laughs> well, you know the difference. What's the difference between a lake and a pond? Okay, it's real simple. I learned this. Okay. Uh, um, I bought some land, and the guy I bought it from said it had a lake on it. So we we walked the land and everything, and I called him, and I said, Man, I thought you said this there was a lake on here. And he said, Well, Obviously, you don't know the difference, do you? And I said, no, sir, I <laughs> no, don't. No, I don't. And he said, well, it's real simple. When you're selling, it's a lake. <laughs> and when, when you're buying, it's a pond. It's a pond. So, and and so sometimes think, it's I a th- puddle. <laughs> so I think now you can you can of- officially switch it over to oh, lake. To, to lake. Let me tell you something. I sat out there and watched. Of course, when it's raining, those fish get active. Oh, yeah. And, boy, they were jumping. We got some 
we got some big old fish down in that pond, a lake. <laughs> <laughs> be careful, people are going to go down there fishing. I know. Well, I kind of wish they would. I would fish, but then I have to clean it, and I'm just that's just. Wonder I, what kind of fish we have. Bass. Huh. I know where I'm going this weekend. <laughs> I tell you, you can come on down there. We've caught them. What's a two? You know, what's this about twelve uh, inches? Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a nice little. And you need to take all your small ones out. By well, the way, well, and that's the thing is that take we, your take your smalls out, and and then the bigs will get big. Well, what bothered me was that uh, I was sitting up on the park. You know, I sit on the porch and stare at the pond. That's what I. That's my idea of a good time. So I'm sitting up there. It's been a couple of weeks ago, and the biggest snake I have ever seen in my entire life mm. came squealing across. And one, it was just making its way, meandering across that pond. And I, snakes don't normally bother me, but I caught a breath on that one. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's, I think it's enjoying a steady diet of frogs down there. Yeah. Cause well, it's, and it's time. Yeah. Snakes are out. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely out. But anyway, that's what's going on with me. We've got a caller on the line that has a ghost toilet comment. But first, uh, here at Fix It 101, we recently started a project focusing on solar power in Mississippi. We want to thank John Wilbanks from Mississippi Solar LLC for helping us out. But we're looking for you to help out as well. If you've had solar panels or use solar energy at your home or business, we want to hear about your experience. If you would, email us at fixit one oh one at mpbonline.org. So let's go to the phones and invite Jesse into the conversation in from Mobile. Good morning, Jesse. What do you got for us? Hey, first and foremost, great job, guys. We're, we're having a bit of a dry spell down here after two weeks of monsoon weather. So You're on welcome. Ghost- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on that ghost toilet, is it well water or city water? City water. Okay, city water, the rubber, of course, gaskets inside the tank, and city water over a period of years don't like each other. So just like the plumbing starts to leak at year 12, the faucets get cloggy, that same thing happens to the soft material inside that creates a water seal. Once that happens or it gets hard or it gets caked up, water keeps dripping, as he said, into the toilet until it reaches that capacity where it can break the S and it flushes. And that, those uh, those gaskets, Jesse, they can just be replaced, right? Or does the whole mechanism, flushing mechanism, yep. need to be replaced? If you don't see any buildup, typically, you just get a softer piece of rubber or silicone and move on to the next toilet. Okay. Good information. Thank you so much. And enjoy that dry weather. I, I think we're we getting... We need some. Yeah, we need some here. It's It's been mushy. Yeah. All right, uh, Jesse, thanks for your call. This is Fix It 101. I've got an email here. This one says, um, my dryer is taking two cycles to properly dry clothes. We're not sure if it's the vent or the dryer itself. The vent is one that goes into the attic and out the roof. Uh-oh. We've tried to feel <laughs> into the vent, and we don't feel a blockage, but we can't get very far. Is there something we can do to check it? What would uh, be a reasonable price to have someone come look at this? Thoughts? Oh, oh man, sounds, I hate those soma guns when they go well, straight up. God, you know if you if your if your drive vent's going straight up, it probably needs a booster. Um, and I'm going back to code, and I want to say every so many feet. Is it 35 feet? I think each so. bend is 30 10 or 35. Feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, dryer manufacturer will override code 
So if the dryer manufacturer tells you that you can run 50 feet with three bins, that that always overrides code every single time. So just So just remember that. Um, but what it sounds to me like is um, you do have a clog in that in that pipe, and you might consider a booster fan. They're very very easy to install. They install right in the in the vent line itself. Yeah, I think you can put it like right in the attic where it comes right. through the attic, and yep. that way it'll help pull it out. I tell you something else that might be going on, and I talked about this on a show recently. I figured out on my front loading dryer. When I pull the um, filter out, and you know, to clean it, it'll give me that message. I do mine every time. But when I pulled that filter out and I looked down in there, the clog was right there. Yeah. It wasn't. It was, My clog was actually within the dryer. It wasn't in the venting beyond that. And that is because I have, I, I've got a commercial unit because I wash my stuff a lot because I've got pets. So, said said fireplace chimney sweep. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, we tell do, us about it. We do clean uh, dryer vents. My first suggestion would be to uh, have someone out there to clean that dryer vent, and they can advise you whether or not you need a booster. Booster is a good idea, especially if you have a two-story. Uh, but uh, to get. First of all, they, they probably shouldn't have vented that through the roof because now it's working against gravity, right? right. That dryer has to push that lid all the way up and out. So uh, if you uh, get it cleaned first and then, the, then they can advise you whether or not you need a booster on there. You know what happens, Sid, is that these architects come out there yeah, and they design right. these houses and put the washer and dryer right in the middle. That's right. <laughs> and then where are you going to go? That's right. I mean, the only way you go, you got to go is up. That's well, right. You know, the houses we built for homes for our troops, um, the best place to put them was in the middle because, you know, most of those individuals are in a wheelchair or, or you know, something so have, have some sort of uh, mm-hmm. handicap. And um, so we just purchased a dryer that was powerful enough to to be able to push that. Right. Yes. So, yeah. That, uh, because and- it because we it did not pass code with with the way we had to vent it. Right. Right. Well, and so they were asking, said, what what would be a typical cost if someone were to call you to clean something out like that? What, uh, just a range, maybe. Typical cost. It depends on how far we have to go. Of course, the gas price has gone through the roof. So typically, uh, one eighty nine and two forty nine, depending on how okay. far we have to go. Yeah. And do you install those um, booster fans? Yes, we do install the you booster do? fans. You do. And yes. so, what is a typical cost on a booster fan? Uh. Typical cost uh, booster fan to install is about five eighty nine. Okay, to mm-hmm. install it. Yes, is that okay? Right. And that's like getting the electricity to it, and because that's something you have to think about whenever you put that Absolutely. fan up there. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to have power to it, or it it just sits there real pretty. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good question. Today we want to hear from you. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, some uh, uh, cleaning your chimney with our guest. If you have a question and want to join our show, you can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. In for Jason Klein this week, I'm Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. 
Our guest in studio today is Sed Bledsoe from Fireplace Chimney Sweep Solutions. Good morning, Sed. Thanks for joining us and for uh, helping us out with that uh, dryer question. Uh, you've on the show a couple of times, but for folks who might not be familiar with us, uh, with you, tell us a little bit how you got interested and in, into the chimney sweep business. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Yes. We've been here a couple times, and uh, my brother actually got us started in the chimney sweep business in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He was actually driving down the street and saw this gentleman on top of a home and said, what in the heck is he doing up there? So he stopped and watched him for a while, and when he got down, he asked him, and he was so interested that he uh, actually started working for the gentleman. Then after a while, he got his own truck and started uh, chimney cleaning. So it's a family business started in 1979, and we've been uh, doing this for quite a while now. Do you ever wear the top hat? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We wear the top hat uh, from time to time, just uh, just to kind of show who we are. <laughs> so, you, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, said you're so tall, you couldn't get through a door if you put that if you put that hat on. I could do that, but you couldn't yes, do you that. Yes, you could, Pam. Yes, you could. We'll have to get you one of those. Yeah, really. Awesome. <laughs> so we're approaching, hopefully, some cooler weather here when the fall hits us. Uh, is that the, the busiest time of year for you? It is the busiest time of year. And what I've heard is we're supposed to have a very uh, rough winter. So I would advise everyone to get those in, uh, those chimneys inspected and, and prepared for the winter. So um, in case power goes out, you'll have some heat. Or uh, if you just enjoy burning, you can burn safely. Me personally would think that in the South we don't have a lot of chimneys, but am I wrong? Or do you do do you, do you stay busy? Oh, we stay busy year round. Yes, we have quite a few chimneys. Unfortunately, some of the builders now are building these uh, ventless gas fireplaces. I hate them. There's I no do chimneys. Too, man, I can't stand them. Less those work for me, but there are a lot of brick and uh, and prefabricated fireplaces and inserts and wood stoves that that keeps us busy year round. And what are some of the more uh, common problems you see when you do cleaning chimneys? Well, uh, when you burn wood, I, I recommend you make sure you get seasoned wood, wood that's been dried out a year. Because green wood, wood that has not been dried out, carries a lot of moisture. And when you burn that wood, it turns to creosote uh, in the chimney. What happens is you burn it, and that smoke billows up to the smoke chamber just above the damper. It, it rolls around and cools in there and forms this tar on the walls, and that tar is highly flammable. All it takes is a flame to light that uh, tar up, and now you have a chimney fire. So you want to make sure you burn seasoned wood. I had a um I had some friends said they were they're up in the northeast mm-hmm. but they had a chimney fire and they had been burning wood that wasn't the, the right type of wood and then mm-hmm. Christmas came along and they just decided that they would stuff all of their um oh, no. you know after they had their big you know open Opening, all the sure. presents they let's just put that paper in oh, there no. and when they did you know that stuff doesn't burn up very fast, and it floated it up there. Floats and, to the top, uh-huh, and, and, and caught those. And they said it was something because of the draw yes, on that. Yes. So they had the poli- the fire department out there, and it, it was really. It's quite been something. described that chimney fire is like a freight train at the top of mm-hmm. your house. It's that's just burning flames coming out of the top of the chimney. So you really want to avoid that at all costs. Oh, yeah. And then another thing that I see when I'm inspecting is, you know, because folks here in the South, we have these romantic ideas. (laughs) We're going to have this fire. 
Well, they'll let their uh, trees, mm-hmm. their oak trees, grow right over Ooh. that chimney. Yes. And, now, and so now let's go to the fall when all the leaves are nice and dry, mm-hmm. and let's build a fire and right. let some sparks come up. Yes. And now you've got something bigger than a chimney fire. <laughs> that's that's something else that we look for is, is, is branches overhanging the chimney. We'll recommend uh, they cut them back or we can cut them back ourselves to make sure they're not uh, exacerbating the problem by a spark coming up and catching the tree on fire and falling on a home and making a mess. Right. Have you heard me talk about my my fire? I tried to burn my house down like 20 years ago. No, you have to tell me about that. Let me tell you about that because when I bought the house, um, it had been the people who built the house own the house. Mm -hmm. And so 50 years later, I buy the house. And um, they had a wood-burning stove insert okay. put into the, you know, fireplace into the fireplace. Mm-hmm. And they did not separate the combustibles in the attic. Mm. And here I come, and I love, man, I, I buy seasoned wood. I buy a cord or okay. a cord and a half mm-hmm. every year. And I heat my house with my wood-burning stove. Okay. So I'm just chunking wood in there, right. you know, and it is, man, my house is toasty. I go out to walk my dogs, and I'm coming back, and I'm like, you know, I don't think there's supposed to be smoke coming out of my gable vents. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I draw a breath. I was like, oh, man. So I called. Well, lucky for me, I live right around the corner from the Ridgeland Fire Department. They were there in like 60 seconds. Oh, good. Yeah. And, of course, when they drive up, they go, aren't you that lady that inspects houses? <laughs> I'm like, shut up. Go in there and put that fire out. Well, what, what we did, we discovered there was not a lot of attic access there, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't have been anything that I could have laid my eyes on. Sure. But when I rebuilt it, I rebuilt it with metal studs. Oh, good. So, because that was the only way right there. And so something that I will see in inspections is that I will go in, because we're not really proficient in building wood-burning fireplaces here, <laughs> is that you'll have a metal flue in the attic, and they'll have the framing right up against mm, it. Not good. And that's, if you're burn, burning wood, that right. flue is getting really, really hot. Right. And so you've got to have separation there. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. We'll be visiting with our guest, Sed Bledsoe, throughout the hour. Right now, though, we do have a caller on the line. So let's say good morning to Jim calling in from Vicksburg. Go ahead, Jim. You're on the air with us. Oh, thank you. Uh, I was wondering, with the water situation, do you all have any idea how much it costs to drill a well for your own personal use? Thoughts about drilling your own well. Jeff, any ideas? Man, yeah, that's uh, that's out of my wheelhouse. Um <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, I, I just, next thing coming out of my mouth is going to be something probably not true because I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine there might be some folks. In, and, you know, I'm trying to think creatively with this water situation that we've got. Unfortunately, nationally, our infrastructure is crumbling. And mm-hmm. so we have to start thinking about creative ways um, how we're going to get through this because getting it fixed is going to be expensive and it's going to take a long Let's say tomorrow they started working. They got all the money and tomorrow they started working on it. Well, years, years to get this fixed. So I'm trying to think of creative ways on what are things that we can do to save the water that we've got. We've got a lot of rain. Rain barrels would be something that could be done. Um, I'm putting together a video right now and Jeff you I, I can't wait to see what you how you look at me whenever I say this but one of the things that we do in our houses if we have air conditioning is we create water we do 
A lot of water. A mm-hmm. lot of water. I was talking to, I gave Timmy a call last week. I was like, how much water do you think the typical air conditioner in central Mississippi creates on a daily basis? And he said anywhere between, depending on your unit, 10 to 20 gallons yeah. a day. I was going to say wow. five, but but yeah, 10 is probably more Let's accurate. say 10 gallons yeah, a day. A day. Yep. Mm. So I've put together a video on my Inspect It Like a Girl YouTube channel. Um, hopefully I'll have that up this next weekend. It's just taking a minute to get it all done. About how I reconfigured my um, condensate line to capture that water. Now, there are a lot of safety concerns that go along with this, and a lot, of, a lot of things that depend on you have to make sure that your system is clean. Because if it's not clean and you're not servicing your unit and keeping it clean, you're just going to create nasty water. <laughs> now, this is not water that you would typically um, drink or cook with, but you could brush your teeth with it. You could give it to your pets. You could flush your toilets with it. And this is water that you're already creating in your house. So a DIY person could basically, um, and, and that's what I'm trying to do, is give some suggestions on how to capture that water. You just have to be careful because <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't want to create water and then create a water problem. You have to make sure that you're not then discharging this water into your house. So um, take a look. Hopefully by this weekend I'll have that up. But, yeah, trying to figure out a way that we can um, help our citizens figure out how they can survive until we can get this thing fixed. Um, so as, as far as well water goes, well water is a good idea, but I, maybe one of our listeners could call in and let us know what it would cost to actually get something like that installed. Maybe, uh, who's our buddy off the grid? Timothy. Maybe yeah, Timothy, Timothy off the know. grid. <laughs> Give us a call. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, visiting this hour with Sed Bledsoe from Fireplace Chimney Sweep Solutions. So, Sed, we talked about uh, branches over the uh, the chimney and, 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 and the, the problems that might cause. I'm wondering mm-hmm. would well, that might also give a pathway for squirrels or other animals to get there, and is animals in the chimney a problem? Animals in the chimney has been a problem and will continue to be a problem as long as they do not have uh, a screen or a chimney cap to keep them out. Uh, even if they have a brick top, if it's not screened on the sides, I've seen raccoons get in there and build a nest on top of the screen that's that's on top of the flue. So, yes, uh, the, the, the trees hanging over the um, homes, uh, over the chimneys, could allow the animals quick and easy access, but... Uh, they can get up there without the trees hanging over there, <laughs> hanging yeah. over the chimney. If they want in, they're getting in. <laughs> they gonna so, get in. Yeah. So uh, regarding animals, yeah, we've gotten out uh, squirrels and snakes, raccoons, ducks, birds, uh, bats, you name it, and we still continue to get them out. Uh, just give us a call. Uh, but the screening or the chimney cap is the key to keep those animals out of the home. And so we mentioned that this is the time of year that a lot of people think about having their chimney cleaned. Is once a year enough, or should people be doing that more often? Uh, Typically, once a year is enough, depending on uh, the amount of wood that you're burning. I've had customers that burn uh, half a quart a year. Uh, That cleaning once a year year will be just fine. But then I've got customers that burn two or three cards, and they really fire it up. So uh, halfway during the season, uh, after a quart or, or a quart and a half, It'd be best to get it clean unless you're really burning that good seasoned wood that's going to burn up completely. I would imagine you have people on a yearly maintenance program. So 
where they come. Like I, I know I'm getting mine cleaned every year. Absolutely, it's just part of my. Absolutely, yes. We can put you on a yearly maintenance program where we'll call you each uh, same time every year. Uh, come out, get it cleaned up, get you ready, so you have that peace of mind that once you. Fire it up. Everything is going to go the way you. Everything's going to be good. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to be burning any snakes up in my chimney. (laughs) (laughs) Said, are there some signs that might indicate you need to have your chimney cleaned? There are some signs. If you're getting any kind of smoking back into the home, uh, that's a clear sign that you need to have it cleaned. Normally, when um, when you start burning, the the soot goes up and it it starts to build up on your flu and it constricts the flu. And uh, once it constricts it to a certain uh, point, then that smoke will start easing back out of the top of your firebox into the home. So if you see that, that's a definite sign that it needs to be uh, at least inspected and cleaned. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. We want to hear from you this morning. We're talking chimney sweeps with our guest, Sed Bledsoe. And we look for any other home improvement projects that you're working on and have questions about. So join our conversation. You can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And for Jason Klein today, I'm Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks, and our guest today is Sed Bledsoe from Fireplace Chimney Sweep Solutions. If you missed any of today's show, you can always listen back by the podcast using your favorite podcasting app, or you can download our MPB public media app to access past episodes of the show. We've got a caller on the line. Mark is calling in south of Oxford. Mark, you're on the air with us, so go ahead, please. Well, I just wanted that you talked about chimney fires, but you hadn't told anybody what to do if they had one. We <laughs> Yeah, that's important. That's, a, that, 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 that's very good, Mark. <laughs> I think we, uh, we we burn uh, wood in a wood stove and have for years, and have had quite, have had a few chimney fires. And so there's some things to avoid, like if you've got a metal flue, don't get out the hose and spray the metal outside of the metal flue with the hose or the roof, or the roof, because that will cause the metal to split and the flames to escape from inside the chimney to outside the chimney. Uh, if you've got a wood stove, you want to deny the air, so you want to close the the vent and close the flue, uh, close the damper to try to shut off the air, unless you've got one of these products. It's like um, I, the one the product that we've used was called Chim Fix, and it's like a big smoky flare that you throw into the stove, and it makes a heavy... Uh, dense smoke that extinguishes the flame up in the chimney. Mm. That's interesting. I've never heard of that before. Yes, yes. We actually sell the ChimFix uh, product. It's like a like a round tube that you, uh, if you have a chimney fire, you toss it in there and it'll it'll create the smoke and it'll actually extinguish the fire. But that's uh, just for a wood burning stove. That wouldn't be for an open firebox. It would be for open firebox as well. Really? Yes. Awesome. Um, uh, Mark, I think uh, the best uh, was offering the best solution, and that is to avoid the problem. But you're absolutely right. In case you have a, a chimney fire, there are solutions that we offer for that as well. Yeah, I, I loved what you said, Mark, about not putting water on the on a metal flue. Never occurred to me that that would cause that metal to split. Well, we've mm-hmm. we've never actually had that happen, but the chimney sweep who gave it who actually was our next door neighbor and sprinted over with some chim fix 
the first time we had a chimney fire. What an awesome what neighbor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was what he advised us to do. Okay. Well, it sounds like it was good advice. Yeah. 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 And I love that what? in the background, Mark had an advisor. Did you hear yeah, that? I heard that. Yeah, he had some I advising going on in the background. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, my, my companion. <laughs> All right, Mark, uh, thanks for your call. And what karma that uh, your next door neighbor is a chimney sweep and you had the fire. So I wish that... I lived next door to a chimney <laughs> sweep. I could have used them about 20 years ago. <laughs> I'll give you my address, pal. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, stay on the phone lines here for a minute. Next, we'll hear from Jonathan in, uh, what is that, Columbus. Good morning, Jonathan. You're on the air with us. Hey, good morning. How are you all today? Great. We're doing good. What do you have for us? Uh, well, I'm actually a current customer of Mr. Said's. So okay. I have a little, uh, just a really quick informational thing, uh, a little uh, testimonial, I guess you could say. Uh, his, uh, his crew are very, very experienced. They're very good at what they do. Uh, they've serviced our house before here in Columbus, and we're very helpful or very grateful for their help. Uh, they're great. They're great guys. Um, so thank you, Mr. Said, to you and to your team. Absolutely, Y'all are, are definitely helping us out. We certainly appreciate you. But I got a uh, question for you, Mr. Said. Sure. Um, your group that was at my house was getting our pilot light to work on our uh, fireplace mm-hmm. um, after they did the cleaning and whatnot and making sure that everything was, you know, uh, fully cleaned out from top to bottom on the chimney. But we could only get the pilot light to light and not the rest of the nodules on the on the uh, unit. Mm-hmm. Um, your uh, gentleman that was out, I can't remember his name, mm-hmm. uh, actually said he wasn't really sure. I mean, they knocked it out. They cleaned it out. They did everything they needed to do. Uh, just to let you know, after the fact, we found out that the fireplace was from 1969. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Very very old, so right. that was the reason. Right. But my question to you is: It was recommended that we do have a, um, I believe, a vented um, uh, chimney because we do have, you know, the cap on the top and mm-hmm. you know, this, that, and the other. So I guess my question to you is: um, Whenever we get, uh, hopefully, a more modern appliance, sure. it's not from 1968. Sure. Um, is it best to have your people come and hook it up, or should we have the gas company do it? And what other considerations do we need to be thinking about when we're hooking up a brand-new fireplace unit? Well, you can either have uh, my company come do it or the gas company. Uh, uh, that 1969 unit does need to be replaced. Just have, uh, when, when it's being hooked up, they want to. They want to make sure it's uh, all the lines are, are are sealed properly, so there's no gas leaks, and we'll we'll check for that. Um, the new units are, are are very nice. It's just a matter of hooking them up. But some of them have remotes, and some you just uh, operate manually. So it's it's pretty simple process. Either way you want to do it, have a gas company or give me a call. We'll be happy to come out and hook that up for you. I think a plumber can do that, too. A plumber can yeah. do that as well. Yeah, yes. working, with, working with gas. Yeah. Plum, sure. Plumbers hook up. They should be. Well, this now hook, I've got hook, a question. Sure. So um, if you're going to go to, and it sounds like they had a chimney, and then they capped that off and then came in with a gas fireplace. No, 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 no. He's got a chimney with a cap, so it's a vented. It's, it's not, vented. It's vented. It's not vented. Oh, it's not capped yeah. off. Right. It's so just, the logs, he can go vented logs vented versus, versus ventless. ventless. Correct. Right. Logs. What is your opinion? And I, I see this in, um, I see it quite a bit, actually, in older properties where folks have come in and put a ventless system mm-hmm. into a vented. Sure. 
fireplace. Sure. What are your thoughts on that? Well, a ventless gas fireplace will put more heat back into the home. The vented is most of the heat is still going to go up the chimney. When you when we do convert from a vented to ventless, and when we do, we close off the top of the chimney so nothing can get in. We close off the top of the firebox where you build a fire so most of the heat comes back into the home. I've seen where um, there's that that heat is so intense that it could damage um, these older units with these older dampers. Have you seen that? The heat is so intense coming from the gas appliance? Coming from a ventless system because you've got so much more heat on that. And so we've seen as home inspectors where they're wanting us to talk about that that heat could actually damage those metal components up there because they're not really intended for that amount of heat because you're closing everything off. The, which What metal components are you referring to? Like the, the old cast iron dampers um, and then the, you know. Okay, so what we do is we come in and we put a stainless steel plate. There we go. That's what top, I was looking for. At the top of the firebox. That rolls that heat out. Exactly. So you're closing off. We're closing off that box completely so that the heat comes back into the home. So it never have a chance to get to the old components up above. And that's what we see is that mm-hmm. folks don't do that step. That's Yes, we, we recommend that and we do that step. Yes. Right, because if you don't, you could literally cause some damage mm-hmm. to that because that it, it just gets so, so sure. hot. Yeah, so that's what I was looking for. Sure. So you're putting some, a diverter, basically, so mm-hmm. that it doesn't get to the old components exactly. and it diverts that heat back into the house. Exactly. These units also have... The ventless fireplaces have what's called an oxygen Oxygen depletion sensor. Yes. Would you explain what that is? What the oxygen depletion sensor does is when it senses the oxygen that's coming into the fireplace. So, of course, to have a fire, you must have oxygen, right? So if that oxygen level drops below a certain point, the oxygen depletion sensor will sensor that, and it will shut off that fireplace because if it does not shut it off, gas will continually flow into the home, which is a dangerous situation. So that that's the purpose of that oxygen depletion sensor, and it's very important. We will come out, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, real estate companies will come out, will call us when a home is being sold that has a ventless gas fireplace to verify that that oxygen depletion sensor is working properly. Right. And let me tell you, folks, all listeners, I want everybody to stop what you're doing and pay attention to this. <laughs> if you have a ventless system, and it's not lighting with the pilot, do not use a match. <laughs> I can't tell Absolutely. you how many people mm-hmm. have, I'll, I'll, oh, it works, we just use a match. Have you lost your ever-loving mind? You just decide, you're going to wake up dead. Absolutely. That, 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 uh, if that oxygen depletion sensor is not working properly, it's going to shoot gas into the home. That's why it's important to make sure that is working. And odorless carbon monoxide. Yes. So, yeah, and since we're putting our carbon monoxide sensors on the ceiling, you'll be dead before they go off. <laughs> You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with our guest, Sed Bledsoe, from Fireplace Chimney Sweep Solutions. So, Sed, about how long does it take, on average, to clean a chimney? Uh, normally, it takes about an hour to an hour and a half, up to two hours, depending on the, the type. We have just a, a regular prefabricated fireplace that does have got the metal flue. Uh, it's fairly small, so we can get one of those uh, done in about an hour. 
Then you have the brick chimney. Well, that's more difficult to clean because you got all the crevices and that we got to scrub and, and get it off. And then you have the uh, fireplace inserts that we have to pull out of the out of the firebox so we can get to to the firebox to clean it itself and clean up. And the the the, the inserts create more more creosote. So there's a, usually a heavy buildup. And then we got to put it back in and clean out the insert itself. So that takes about an uh, hour, 45 minutes to two hours to clean. Those son of a guns are heavy. They are heavy, but we have a system that we can get it out and get it back in and get I you ready you to do. go. I mean, that's awesome because I'm <laughs> never going to try to move that thing. <laughs> <laughs> what about leaks in a chimney? Is that uh, a red flag? Yeah, we see a, we've been seeing a lot of leaks because of all the rain that we, we're having. Uh, leaks are caused by a number of different reasons. Uh, sometimes there's no chimney cap on the on the chimney. It leaves a big hole where water comes straight down. Uh, other times there's cracks in the crown at the very top of the chimney, which allows water in. The flashing could have cracks in it, which will allow water in. When the flashing is leaking, that water typically shows up on the outside of the fireplace, inside of the home, like on the on the um, uh, on the sides or above the uh, what's what's the call of the uh, the uh, mantle. Mantle. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I had this blank look on my head. <laughs> haven't had all my coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah, with the flashing is leaking, that, that water normally shows up in the mantle area. And then when the, the, the chimney crown is the very top around the cap or when the chimney stack has uh, leaks, uh, that mortar will wear out over time sometimes and water will leak through those cracks and roll down inside and you'll see water inside of the firebox itself. Uh, we can we can repair all those to stop that water from coming in. Um, do you actually do your guys do flashing if there's a flashing problem? If there's around a flashing the problem, yes, we we do repair awesome. flashing. Yeah, well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. This is Fix It One Hundred and One on MPB Think Radio. In for Jason Klein this morning. This is Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks, and our guest today, Sed Bledsoe from Fireplace Chimney Sweep Solutions. Got all three calls to get to, and about eight minutes left. So let's hop on the phone lines. First, going to Oxford, Cynthia. Cynthia has called in. Good morning, Cynthia. Go ahead. Thanks. Yeah, I'm trying to get sorted on whether I want a vented or a ventless unit on this house I'm working with a builder on um, and I'm trying to sort the pros and cons um, I wouldn't be using it on a daily basis but I definitely like the idea of having something that works when the power the electric power is off mm-hmm. um, but I'm concerned about indoor air quality with the ventless um, and I didn't know if there's units that might burn cleaner or what to look for in terms of indoor air quality with a ventless or whether I should just, you know, pay the extra money to have the, the vented unit. What would be your opinion? Gotcha. Based on what you're telling mm-hmm. me, you're looking for something to have in case the power goes off, uh, but you're concerned about the air quality. Uh, in that case, I would recommend a ventless gas unit. Those gas units are, are, are quite um, uh, clean. Uh, that gas burns like the gas on your stove. It all burns up, so you normally don't smell anything in a house, so you'll have a very good air quality. Yet, if you need uh, some um, some heat, if the power goes off, those ventless units will provide you with much more heat than a vented unit would. And they, still, and they still have that romantic value built in. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it won't be a change order. 
So <laughs> says the builder. <laughs> it's expensive. It, it gets expensive when we vent those fireplaces. All right, uh, Cynthia, thanks for your call. Let's stay on the phone lines off to Spanish Ford, Alabama. We go. Tom is up next. Tom, you're on the air with us. It's your turn. Go ahead. Hey, I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. Uh, I've been meaning to make a call about this, and I'm glad I tuned in. Uh, I've got a new, uh, another house I've downsized, and it has a fireplace, uh, a wood-burning fireplace, which I've used in uh, the previous house. But I had a natural gas, uh, basically a, a fire lighter in the other, uh, the previous fireplace I had. I'm uh, 76 and just getting lazy about kindling. I can start a fire. But is there any way I could put a, uh, I don't have natural gas, but could I have a propane uh, a burner uh, placed in that fireplace uh, to start the wood fire? And I'll, I'll shut up and listen. Yes, sir. <laughs> Not a problem. Yes, you can get a, uh, a propane gas log lighter. They, we, have, we have them for natural gas and for propane. They just mount. Uh, you have a plumber come out and, and run that propane to the side of the firebox wall, and then that uh, gas log lighter will, will just screw right into that. And as you know, you just uh, light that log lighter. It'll light the wood, and you're off and running. Plumber could do that. I don't need a gas technician okay <laughs> yeah well your plumber is your gas technician that's right, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah oh i got you yeah okay well good well that uh, that's a great answer and i got a plumber that lives two doors down i appreciate awesome. that. Awesome. Hey, these yes. people with all these great neighbors i told you i'll give you my address i'm telling you i'm moving in next door to said next week <laughs> all right uh, tom thanks for your call we've got one final call on the line to get to and it is jill's turn jill you're on the air with us so go ahead well, uh, my mother uh, had a wood-burning fireplace and decided to change it to a ventless. Mm-hmm. And after she started using it, we noticed black stuff on the ceiling. Is mm-hmm. that soot or is that mold? And what caused it? No, that's a good question. That's a question where I'll have to come out and take a look at what's uh, actually burning in the firebox to answer that. Let me ask you this. Did she change the logs when she changed it to ventless? Yes. She did change the logs. Sure. I was going there, Sid, because it sounds like they've got a vented log system in a a ventless situation. Right. What happens is if you have the wrong logs, if you have uh, vented logs and and, and they're set up wrong, when that fire hit those logs, it will create an abundance of soot. So you need to verify that you have the correct logs. Right. And they system. need to be stacked right, too. Sure. If they're not stacked right, you end up with all this black residue right. on there. Right. And that could be off-putting into that ceiling. That's right. Absolutely. We, we've, had some, we've had some insurance claims actual, uh, actually on these vented logs failing and putting off that black, and it sure. goes throughout the entire oh, house. Yes. Oh, yes. Clothes, walls, ceiling. Sure. Everything, furniture, mm-hmm. everything has that has that soot on it. Well, mm-hmm. and you have to remember, too, folks, when you're burning gas, you get water. So True. Whenever, if you turn on your, let's say the power goes out, and you turn on those ventless logs, you're going to have condensation everywhere. If you're heating the house with that. Mm-hmm. So you need to have some type of a fan on so you can dry that air 
as as you're outputting. And then make sure your carbon monoxide alarms are up to date. And, mm-hmm. of course, they're not going to work if the power's out. If you get a headache, something's wrong. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. No, no, our fire alarms do work. Uh, aren't they battery backup with a... If you've got a battery backup, yes, yes, you're right. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but just Mm -hmm. make sure those things are operational and they're working. That's right. You know, and this goes back to, uh, we tell people, you need to test those things every year. Well, look, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. It's time to check our chimney. It's Mm -hmm. time to check that, and it's also time to check these smoke detectors. Right. Um, It just takes a minute, and uh, we have done so many house fires um, so and you can there those. is a um, there's a button on the one that's on the ceiling and if you punch that button it will go fire 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 mm-hmm. and then it'll beep a couple of times and then it'll go carbon monoxide warning so that will tell you that you have both in that system mm. if not you need to purchase you some carbon monoxide alarms and put those up and I like mm-hmm. to have yeah, them because at at this point, it is not code to have them. Right. It's only code to have smokes. Right. And so, so yeah, and we're going to go above and beyond that code, so we want you to wake up alive. Yep, that's right. Yes. So. Uh, said just about a 30 seconds left. Quick answer. Those chimney sweep logs, are they useful in a fireplace? Uh, they are useful to uh, put out some more heat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people buy the chimney sweep uh, logs thinking burning something additional in the fireplace right. is going to clean it. That's not going to clean it. It's going to put more soot in there. Now, what they're designed to do is neutralize the uh, creosote that's in the chimney so it won't spark up into a chimney fire. In that case, they are helpful, but the chimney still need to be clean. That soot and the creosote still need to be gotten out of there. So you're telling me put my money towards getting it cleaned. There you well, they, go, Pam. They do, hey, I'm the, glad you came this morning. The commercial does a very good job yeah, because but, if you look at it, you think that's going to clean it. Oh, yeah, right. I so, think Sed's going to do a better job. <laughs> well, yeah. So And uh, Sed's uh, email or uh, website, chimneysweepms.com. That's going to wrap us up for today. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous support from listeners. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Liz Gill. So for Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, and our guest, Sed Bledsoe, I'm Kevin Farrell. We'll be back next Wednesday at 9 for another Fix It 101, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.